Hello, listeners of Jackie Just Chatters. This is your hostess, Jackie Lentz. This is my ongoing bonus mini-cast murder mystery serial. Each week brings a fresh letter in this cozy tale of murder. If you have not listened before, you are going to want to find letter number one and begin there. I hope you enjoy. To Silence a Scandalmonger, Murder in an English Village. Welcome to another installment of this audio drama. Play along as you step into the role of one Gwendolyn Armstrong, who is living in 1951 Oxford, England, and is in the final months of earning her bachelor's degree in history from St. Hugh's. Your post is full of regular letters from your Aunt Ivy and other occupants of the charming village of Upper Stock Green. On the surface, it seems a serene picture of stone cottages, beautiful green countrysides, and charitable neighbors. But underneath, in the darkness, a sinful world hides, and the shadow beats the heart of a murderer. By the time the last letter arrives, can you identify the killer? Previously, on To Silence a Scandalmonger, we learn that Aunt Ivy and Mrs. Owens have been eagerly making plans for Gwen's visit home for the Easter holiday. But until that time, daily life in the village continues. Ivy went to her Women's Institute meeting, held at Brooke Turner's home. While there, she happened to discover a photograph showing an image of a younger Miss Turner with a man. The backside of this image, however, revealed this younger version was using a very different name. Who is Miss Turner? The gastrels asking Ivy over for tea has reminded her about a dodgy deal regarding a mine in Africa from years past that her husband Herbert had called a swindle. Is Ivy going to live and let live? Let's join this week's adventure, shall we? A letter to Gwen from Aunt Ivy. 1st of March, 1951. Rabbit Hill Cottage, Upper Stock Green, England. Dear Gwen, Hello, niece. I don't appreciate the tone you took with me in your last letter. I am no busybody or common gossip monger. I am your elder, your father's only sister, and you may be about to add some fancy letters after your name, but as far as I am concerned, you are not too old to be put over my knee for a good spanking. Since we are each other's only family, I will make some allowances of temper and extend the olive branch of forgiveness. There are times I fear the sort of things you are learning at that university and what will become of you. I do not think that kind of language or attitude will be much appreciated by either Constable Allen or Lucas Davies. Which I heard that Mr Davies was talking to that hussy Iris at the pub. I do not know who approached whom. I am sure she would latch on to any man who looked at her twice. Furthermore... He didn't ask about you after church last week. If you are still interested in him, you had better smarten up your ideas, young lady. You don't want to lose out to that mealy-faced Iris. She has nothing on you. Reverend Fernsby and his wife Jean came for tea on Tuesday. Mrs Fernsby had the nerve to ask if I had coffee because her husband was partial to that beverage instead of tea. 
I simply couldn't help myself. I had to have a little tweak at the pompous man. I told him I heard he enjoyed a bit of tea first thing in the morning, and perhaps my sources were confused. He almost choked on his biscuit. Coffee, indeed. Isn't that what socialists drink? Or foreigners? Good, proper British folk, like a cup of tea. In fact, it was a good week to pay little tricks on folks. I was at the library and I saw Miss Turner with her back to me and I said very loudly, Rebecca! She spun around and stared at me, her eyes as wide as saucers. She asked me to repeat what I'd said. I replied that I wondered if she had read the book Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier and if she could recommend it. I thought that was pretty clever of me. She regained her composure and admitted she had not read the book and thus could not comment on it if it was worth the time or not. But, oh, she was shaken by that. Who is this woman? I wonder if I should tell the other ladies of the group. It doesn't seem sensible to have heaven knows who running our Women's Institute chapter. It might reflect badly on the rest of us. While I was over at the Gastrel's home... I remembered a little bit more of what your Uncle Herbert told me about the swindle. It seemed that Mr Gastrell had asked all sorts of people to invest in his mine, somewhere in Africa. In the end, the mine was a bust and everyone lost their shirt, except the Gastrells. Herbert was certain that Mr Gastrell had taken the money out from the company and had hidden it away, knowing that mine was bogus. Then, after it all went belly up, he waited a while and then reclaimed the money that he had embezzled from the company. This was all years ago. I think most people have forgotten, or at least put it behind them. I decided to remind them that not all of us are so quick to forgive past trespasses. Over scones, I asked if they recently invested in any new African ventures. That maybe the second time would be the charm. They seemed a little discomforted, but Mr Gastrell just chuckled it away and said that he avoided overseas investments now, too unstable. But both were doing such squirming in their chairs, you would think they were having fits or something. Mrs Gastrell was kind enough to send me home with a pot of the famous homemade strawberry jam when I asked for some. Wasn't that very obliging of her? I will save it for a special occasion. Maybe you'll visit for the Easter holidays. Spring doesn't feel very far away now. We've had several days of sunshine as well as rain. The ground is beginning to turn green and crocuses, daffodils and primroses are blossoming in the gardens of the village. These little bits of colour are so welcome after a cold, dark winter. Miss Berrycloth has small bouquets of these early flowers in pots at the tea shop. Cheers the place up. Are there many flowers to see in Oxford yet? Have you looked up from your books to notice? You should. Take a break and make yourself a little bouquet for your room. It will remind you of home. Write soon. Love, Aunt Ivy. Come back in a week for Gwen's next letter as we work closer to solving Who Silences Scandalmonger? Have any suspects, speculations, or insights? Head over to my Facebook author page and share your theories. You can find the link in the description. This podcast was written by Jackie Lentz. Narrated by Jackie Lentz.
and Ivy, voiced by Diane Fox-Hill. Remember, you can follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Or you can find me, like, and subscribe on YouTube. If you are enjoying these podcasts, I would be delighted if you shared with your friends, left a rating on Spotify, or a review on Apple Podcast. Until next time, I wish you well.